aye, aye, Captain. tones of corn do not adjust your listening devices yes it's your boy Rance aka Ray Cash and we are back no this is not the outsider's edge no this isn't bandwagon nerds no this isn't the DWR podcast y'all remember that show we started a while back called the three man weave we are back we have missed you it's good to be back there's been a ton of sports going on. So before we get going, uh, let me let you know that the Three Man Weave is a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Got to get back in the habit of some stuff. It's been a minute. Let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts. First and foremost, the man that runs this place, my brother, PC Tunney. What's happening, sir? Mr. Ray Cash, pleasure to be with you on this Monday afternoon, post-NFL football, post-gigantic UFC, post-gigantic wrestling weekend. It was, it was an awesome weekend. It was one of the better wrestling-slash-sports weekends in a while. So, And you had Adele host Saturday Night Live. Adele fine as hell. Skinny had, or, or thick. doesn't listen, matter. Like you and I always say, we had the sports, we had the entertainment, and we had the sports entertainment. Look at you, see, trying to bring it all in a circle and whatnot. But Mr. Platt is not here with us. Apparently, he's on the campaign trail. See, when you're not here, Platt, I say nice things about you. Unlike when we're not here, you say mean things about us. Nonetheless, I heard he have, liked uh, the. I heard he liked that studio. Don't movie. do it. Don't do it. No, really, do I it. did. I heard he liked the studio movie version of Cats so much that he was having a tail implant put in. So. Go ahead, why don't you See, introduce I was our, trying to be nice. Introduce, screw him. He talks about me getting like my anal glands bleached and shit, so fuck that. <laughs> screw you, Platt. We'll, we'll, you know, be safe on your trip, but screw you. All right, go ahead, Ray. <laughs> yeah, feels like home again. Feels like home for real now. Like riding a bike. Um, but it's a, it's a pleasure for me because me and this gentleman have been missing each other on every podcast we've done for the better part of a year. So it's my pleasure to bring to you all the scientist, Mr. It's me, it's me. It's Mr. DPP. What's up, DP? It's science. What's going on, Ray? It is fantastic and phenomenal to finally be on the show with you. So, so so, hold on. I didn't know we were bringing our own drops. Like, I got to get my drops for myself because oh. that was dope. 
That's what I got. That's what I got. This is this is this is how I roll. I got the soundboard here with everything. I mean, when you're a scientist, you got to have a drop. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I want my own drops, PC. Put that in the budget for the show. What you want? Give me something. Maybe I got it. Oh, the most ghetto shit possible. Just, <laughs> just the most ridiculous. I, I want hood rat stuff for my friends. I want the Rihanna work, work, work. I want it all. Every, everything hilarious. About, I'm not being serious. Uh, how about uh, DPP just said something you don't agree with? Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. See, he knows the way I like. He know he knows what I like. I got stuff. Uh, he he scratches that itch ever so fervently. I was gonna go with this straight cash. It's the sweet one. That's listen. I'm just sitting back and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to work today. <laughs> no, we miss y'all, man. We miss y'all sincerely and genuinely. Uh, as we partake upon this journey called life, things happen, but. We are back, and it's been a lot that we've missed, so it's a lot to cover. Um, there's this thing called the NFL that's kind of happening right now. Maybe you've heard of it. They 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 like a round ball, kind of like Hey Arnold's head shaped. Uh, it's pretty big, and uh, I believe we're in week seven. Week seven. Now, once upon a time on this show, we all made made uh, our picks as if the Oh, All of the sports Let's do this. divisions Me and you were going to continue. Did I write it down, though? I don't know if I wrote it down, who we all picked. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm the only one that said they were all finished the seasons. And so far, I'm three for three. Man, I don't see where we, we didn't. I didn't write them down. I'm not going back and listening to that episode. So I don't have our picks. So to, we, we won't be looking that bad. So are we? is that what we're going to do? You guys ready to talk some football? Should we talk football? Let's do it. But, but real quick, I'd just like to say, Go I'd like it. to quote the modern philosopher Sean Carter in saying that men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Mm. Yeah, but you can come up with statistics to prove anything. 87% of all people know that. Look, man, just let me get my moment, okay? Because I'm right. I'm sorry. Can I have well, a moment say, for like yeah, five ahead. seconds? I'm just go ahead and say it again. Then we'll go ahead. Go ahead. We'll let you, yeah, you go ahead. I don't even want to do it no more. Play no, no, the no, drop. Come on, come on. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it. DP, no, this is no. his first time on the show. He just wants to hear what you have to say. I was right. All right, gentlemen. We're going to go division by division and see if we got contenders pretenders or if we are uh you know on the losing path to draft trevor lawrence and possibly woo Dabo sweeney into taking your nfl coaching job because it's a goddamn miracle we're gonna start in the afc east it's a goddamn miracle in my opinion that adam gay still has a fucking job <laughs> let's just start there and how bad are the jets I mean, it seems like they don't want good players. I mean, definitely a team that's looking to draft very high. And no more faith in Sam Darnold, right? I mean, they're moving on. They get one, the first pick or maybe the second pick. I mean, how high does Justin Fields go in the draft? Top three. I think I think Lawrence is going number one for sure. And I think Fields doesn't go no lower than three or four. Okay. I mean, what, Fields is excellent. He could turn out to be a better 
professional quarterback than Lawrence, but Lawrence is 6'6". He's like 220. He can run like a gazelle. He's got a fucking cannon. I mean, he's just... He got the Peyton stats. That's what it is. Well, He, he got the Peyton stats. But he can move, though. Well, it's 2020. Everybody can move. <laughs> and then, then 1997, 1998, it was a different type of quarterback coming out in the draft than it is in 2020. Look at Daniel Jones. I was going to say, I watched Daniel Jones fall on his own feet. I don't know. Sniper got him. That's After what we... running 21 miles an hour, though. Well, that was like the Flintstones where his feet were moving too fast for his body. That's pretty much exactly what happened. His hips were couldn't keep up with his knees and his ankles. <laughs> on the on the softball field, guys, that happens to all the time. As you get older, right, you're rounding a base, and it's not even when you're rounding your feet go off from you. You're just in the middle of going to the next base, and you trip and fall. And we always just yell out, "Sniper got him!" <laughs> get that hamstring. Start looking around. Sniper got him. Where is he? But let's let's stay in that AFC East division because the Bills are out there making everybody look bad except for when they play good teams, right? I mean, their losses are the Chiefs and the Titans. Who have they beaten? I think the best game that they've won is is a game against the Rams. But do you guys believe in the Buffalo Bills? Go ahead, DP. I believe they have all the talent around them to do it. Um, I mean, they're putting it together. You know, they had two tough games against two good teams, but they were competitive. So I think, you know... I think they got a chance, especially in that division. There's nobody out there I don't think that's going to contend with them to win that division because the Dolphins are moving on to Tua. That's going to be a little bit of a learning experience. I don't know if he's going to come right out, of the, right out of the gates and be good. You know, the Pats are obviously kind of middle of the road, you know, losing Brady and everything this year, and obviously the Jets are, you know, tanking. So, well, here's you know, the... I don't see anything for the division at least. Right. I mean, I think we all have the Bills winning it, especially because you know, look at. Do you think, do you think that they moved on to Tua too quickly, Ray? Because it didn't, yes. it didn't seem like Fitzgerald was ready. It seemed like shit. They're three and three. Fitzgerald's playing fucking phenomenal. Why don't we see if we can make a playoff run? And if you know Tua gets playing time, fine. But I, I just don't get that right now because this team is not going to finish above five hundred. I don't. I, they're not going to get to eight wins if Tua is their starter the rest of the year. There are only two real, there are only three real reasons why you bench your starting quarterback, for for specifically for the backup. One, it's the end of the season and you just want to see what the guy got. Two, he's playing like garbage. Or three, he gets hurt. None of the three were happening. Fitzgerald was playing fantastic. The Dolphins may not have been winning to the level of some of these other teams, but were competitive in every single game. There is no re- and Tua is he's there. He's he's signed a four year deal, four or five year deal. Like the the Brian Flores, I think, has shown he can coach because he got those boys playing hard. So it's disappointing to me that they essentially gave up what was possibly a playoff run. Remember, we have three wild cards this year for giving Tua some shine. And let, like it's not necessary right now. Let's look at the other side of the coin because I, I agree with you, right? But let me play devil's advocate here because it's not like he doesn't have any weapons. Devontae Parker is a legit stud receiver in the NFL, and I think you're going to see that the longer yeah. he stays on the field. Preston Williams is a very good wide receiver, right? Mike Gusecki is an excellent tight end. Miles Gaskin is not a bad running back either, especially uh, helping mm. the quarterback because he can catch the ball out of the backfield, right? So they do have weapons on offense. Here's the devil's advocate. Well, if two is fully healthy and he looks that good, 
can he make them better? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Or do you think they're just like, we're not going to make a run in the playoffs, so let's just get them out there? I'm going to give it back to you, DP, but real quick. I think it really is just a case of we got the kid. Joe Burrow's killing right now. Justin Herbert's killing right now. Why the hell not? We know we're not. We know Fitzpatrick won't be here any longer than this year. In fact, if anything, I wouldn't be shocked if they were doing it to shop Fitzpatrick to get a pick back, you know. But to your point about the skill positions, you're factually correct. The problem is the line isn't good, and he's a lefty. So their right tackle is going to be his blind side, and their right tackle is no good. Is When's the trade deadline, and do you think that Jerry Jones would go out and trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick? DP, you're shaking your head. Fire away. Yeah, Ray made a good point there. Maybe they're looking to shop him as a possibility because you're looking at some of these quarterbacks going down, and Dallas is the first place I thought of when when he said that was, boy, they could use them now. They they lost both their both their quarterbacks, so you know Fitzpatrick going to Dallas to help you know make that team decent and continue that is might be the option here, and maybe the Dolphins are doing this to give Tua a shot this week and see if you know he's comfortable enough and then they can go and shop Fitzpatrick I'm not sure when the trade deadline ends uh, yet but it's got to be coming up here they did it at the right time too though if they if they were going to do it this was the right time to do it in the middle of the season because they gave him a whole week because they're on a bye this week so they gave him a whole week to get acclimated you know he's already been taking some first team reps in practice but that this extra week will give him a, a shot to play well in his first game because I think we all been watching football long enough to know that even though two is one of the greatest college quarterbacks to ever play, the game is so much faster and things process so much quicker in the NFL. He's the first lefty to complete a pass the other weekend since either 2015 or 2017. And I really think it's 2015. I think that's how long it's been. We've had a lefty completing passes in the NFL. It's funny because I, uh, <laughs> I was playing Madden and I always, you know, go through a season with a bunch of different teams. I'll just do one season and kind of, you know, add and subtract your guys. And I get out for the first game with the Dolphins, and I'm like, fuck, two is starting, right? And I get out there, and I I run a couple plays and whatever. And then I get a bootleg, and I'm like, oh, shit, he throws with his other arm. The other way. <laughs> <laughs> You're running the other way, yes. All right, speaking of throwing the football, I'm just going to ask this question to round up our, our you know, discussion here on the AFC East because – I think we all agree that it's Buffalo's division to lose, correct? Indeed. Correct. So I'll start with DP, and I'll, I'll let Ray get the last thought on this one before we move on to another division. Is Cam Newton done, DP? Can he just not throw the football? Does he need to work on mechanics? Is it a part of learning the offense? He just had two really good weeks to start? Or I don't know, because I'll tell you what, personally, I'm a gigantic Cam Newton fan. If you've ever played fantasy football with me, you know that, right? And I wish nothing more for him to have a great season this year. But to me, it looks like he can't throw the football anymore because he is skipping short guys. It's not even close. And he looks stiff as fuck in, in the pocket doing it, DP. I'd, I'd like to believe it's, you know, a reason of the system. You know, a lot of those quarterbacks just don't fit systems properly. And right now he's probably really uncomfortable with the way this, this system works. It's definitely different unless you know they start to adjust it for his type of quarterbacking skills I mean the Patriots are built for Tom Brady and he is not Tom Brady he's he's much different quarterback than him so I think it's a lot more of a system thing that he needs to get more comfortable with I mean it's we didn't have a preseason he hasn't had an opportunity to get a lot of time with this team other than the seven weeks which sounds like a lot of time seven weeks but that's that still need a lot of time to get comfortable sometimes teams take a year 
before they get into the right system. So I, I think it's a matter of that. You try to learn your job on like as it's going before you're not getting any training. Just start your job the second you start and be expected to perform at, but at he's, the highest. He's missing wide open receivers when he's not under pressure whatsoever. I mean, he just can't complete a pass more than 10 yards down the field right now. Well, he's surely not the same quarterback. He's 10 years older. He's has major injuries. But I think the thing that we're seeming to forget because he's so explosive and such a such a like a a, a tour de force, like a cult of personality, so to speak, is he never was a good thrower to begin with. He's had two good seasons where he's thrown over 63%. Right, but so the, like this has cool. never been his forte. I, he, he could throw the ball, though, when he was the MVP. I mean, and think about when he was the MVP. He was the MVP when Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady were all in their prime. He won the MVP. Right. He won the MVP when all four of those Hall of Fame guys were in their prime. He won an MVP. He was, he was the best player in the league at the quarterback position when all four of those guys were in their prime, right? So... I'm rooting for him. I just look at it and watch it and go, you can't throw the ball anymore. That's my opinion. He was doing what I think Lamar Jackson's doing now, you know, back then when he was younger. You know, he had he was more mobile then as well. He had a lot of rushing he, yards. Yeah, but he didn't run the ball too. like Lamar I'm Jackson pulling, did. I'm pulling up the stats. Cam, Cam Newton, he, he, did? He, he had a lot of rushing yards, but he didn't have them like Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson breaks off and breaks away. Cam Newton had designed rushes would run up the middle. Cam Newton got hit. Cam Newton's 260 pounds, though, right? I'm not saying not all that stuff. I mean, he had touchdowns upon touchdowns upon rushing yards upon rushing yards. I know that. I had him in fantasy football. <laughs> he took me to championships, right? So, well, let, let's move on to another division as Ray is looking up the uh, the old stats. I was there. just trying to look up some stats on yeah, Cam Newton. I'm telling you, they yeah. were they were six, seven, eight hundred yard years, years. You know, eight, nine, ten, twelve touchdowns rushing, along with twenty five, thirty passing touchdowns. Right? He had those kind of seasons. That was twenty fourteen. He had 2015. one season like that. He had one season with that many touchdowns. It's like an outlier. I'm not saying he's terrible, but like that's like the peak he could be, and then the rest of the seasons he's about. 23, 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and like eight rushing touchdowns. That's what he's going to be this year. I don't know. He's going to have a hard time getting to that this year. I mean, he might not even see the field if he continues the way he's going, and he even admitted that. Let's move on. Let's move on. We, we got seven more conferences to go. DP, you just found the stats, and I, we're, I'm calling you off. Unless you got them. You ain't got them. All right. You got them? You ain't got them. You got them? Got them? I don't know if you want them. What do you want? ProFootballReference.com. Passing, passing touchdowns 15, in his career. Passing touchdowns for the career, 184. No, no, by year. Oh, by year. Passing uh, and run, passing off. touchdowns and then rushing touchdowns each year. 20, first year, 2011, 21 passing touchdowns. 19, 24, 18, 35, 19, 22, 24. And you were saying? And you were saying, PC? You're doing it wrong. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? I want you to go. His, what was his rookie year? Oh. 2011. Okay, how many passing touchdowns? 21. How many rushing touchdowns? I'm looking for that. I don't see it. I got you. I got you. I got you. Pro uh, his, football his rookie year, he had 14 Pro rushing Pro Yeah, that's where I'm at. 
Let's move on. You, uh, you this is no like you don't do math on the air. Let's move on. He didn't, he didn't have 14 yeah. rushing touchdowns in one year. His rookie year? No, 14. he didn't. No way he had 14 rushing touchdowns his rookie year. Pro, yes. Yes, 14. No. He had 8 in 2012, 6 in 2013, 5 in 2014, 10 MVP season in 2015, he had 5 four, in 2016. He had 14 rushing touchdowns his rookie year. Yeah, but yes. that was, yeah, it's, it's probably our goal line. 706 yards and 14 touchdowns rushing. Well, I tried to tell you. And I tried to move on to the next division, which is the NFC East, because <laughs> we're sticking in the East. And what a pitiful division it is, as these guys are just laughing their asses off right now. Do we have to talk about it? Do no, we, have to? we don't. We don't have to talk about any of it, really. Actually, the only thing I want to do is I want you guys to go around the horn here and pick who's going to come out of the NFC least. I'm going with the Eagles. It's got to be the Eagles. If they wouldn't have benched my boy Haskins, I would possibly say the Red Native Americans. However, yes, it's the Eagles. It sounds like the Washington football team will be staying with that name at least one more season. We already talked about Daniel Jones getting snipered and the fact that the Cowboys should probably trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's head on over to the West. We'll stay in the NFC this time. Possibly the best division in football the Seahawks Cardinals the Rams the 49ers I had the Cardinals winning that game yesterday I I just had a feeling that they were going to get a big victory and it's such a tight race I mean all four of these teams could make the playoffs the Niners are playing a little bit better I know they've beaten up and taken advantage of their schedule which is good because they've really been hurt but I mean Ray who comes out of this division I mean you could be sitting after tonight if the Rams can beat the Bears which I really hope they do you would have the Rams and the Cardinals both at five and two, a half a game behind Seattle with their first loss at five and one, and you got a team in the Niners who are over five hundred at four and three. It's it's hard not to go with the team that has the prohibitive favor to be MVP, right? I think Russell Wilson has been all respect to Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson has been fantastic this year. And not only has he been fantastic, but there was a time Russell Wilson had nobody to throw to. Now Russell Wilson got everybody to throw to, and it's ridiculous. Like Tyler Lockett, like I had guys in fantasy last night, DK Metcalf and David Moore and all these other cats didn't have to play. Like Tyler Lockett caught everything. So, and you you, you know, you give him Jamal Adams for like a stick of gum and a Gatorade. You know, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. I, Seattle got to be the favorite to me. I don't think Seattle's that good. You want to know why? Okay. Here's the, they beat the Falcons, and they gave up 25 points. They beat the Patriots, and they gave up 30 points. They beat the Cowboys, and they gave up 31 points. They went down to Miami and beat them. That's probably their best win, to be honest with you, 31-23. They beat the Vikings by one. And then they play finally play a Cardinals team, which is the best team out of every single team they've played, and they lost in overtime, DP. Yeah, the defense has really taken a dive for Seattle. I mean, that was always their MO, was they always had like a solid defense. And I think in this last two years here, the defense has kind of fallen apart and Russell Wilson has just exploded. Uh, they're they're winning the tough tough games, though. They're winning close games. They're all, all their games have been really close, like you said. Um, and they got a tough schedule. You know, they still got the Niners to play twice, the Bills, you know, the Cardinals again. I mean, that division, like you said, there's no team under 500. That's a tough division. That's a tough division to win. Um, it's just it's it's hard to pick against them right now, I guess, because I'm 
the Rams are always just wishy-washy. You never know who you're going to get out of the Rams every week. The Niners, you know, are hurting on defense a little bit. But, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo you know, is horrible, isn't he? I mean, he's just not good. I don't think he's very good at all. They, they were, There's another team that could trade for a quarterback. Why don't they go ahead and trade for Matt Ryan? He's been with Kyle Shanahan before. He's serviceable. Jimmy Garoppolo is serviceable. Could you imagine the 49ers Raiders. with Matt Ryan? Honestly, no, because the way Matt Ryan's been playing right now, no. What do you mean Matt Ryan's been playing? I, I don't want any, unless unless his name is is Jones, Julio, or Ridley, Calvin. I don't want anybody from that, that Falcons think right now. Nah. Nobody. That's because yeah, they're just a nightmare right now. But they got a lot of talent on that offensive side. I'd take I'd take those guys. Thirty-one of forty-two. A lot of, ta- 30, lot of talent. Thirty-one. Lot of talent doing nothing, sir. Thirty-one of forty-two <laughs> for three hundred thirty-eight yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Who's that? Jimmy G. That was Matt Ryan last week. Did he win? Matt, that was Matt Ryan yesterday. No, Did because no, because he's on the Falcons. <laughs> The week before, 30 of 40 for 371 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Have you noticed every game? I know we're not talking about the South, but every game the Falcons are losing, they're normally losing on offense. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, they're normally losing the games when they could they could win it, and they're not doing it. Well, didn't Todd Gurley score when he shouldn't have scored this week? It, Yes, and then you blame the coach, but they don't have a coach right now. So then you blame the coach on the field. If Matt Matt Ryan should have called a kneel, we gonna kneel. All right, this we'll, we'll get we'll get okay, we'll get I, I, Matt Ryan. I brought him up because I wanted to get him traded to San Francisco. We'll get oh, we'll get to the AFC South or NFC Falcons. South in a, in a couple divisions. Let's let's clean up the NFC West here. I, I would say that in my opinion, I would think that the Rams are gonna win this division, Ray. You thought Seattle? Rams. I don't trust Jerry Goff. It's, it's if it's not Seattle, it's 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 uh, Arizona. Go with the best quarterbacks. And DP. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Seattle as well. I just I don't trust the Rams. They're just always you never know what you're going to get on the field every week from them. I, I like the Cardinals. I like a good shot from the Cardinals, but I don't I don't know if it's their time yet. Seattle's been there and done that. All right, staying in the West, moving on over to the AFC side. Clearly, the Chiefs. Right, I, I, I mean, they got the one loss in, in a tough matchup there against the Raiders, who really threw the ball deep on them and, and got took advantage of them running as well. They made their defense look bad, but the defense looks better now. Uh, do you see the Raiders even being a playoff team? Because the Broncos definitely have no quarterback. Justin Herbert looks good for the Chargers, but they're not as good as you think they could have been. Uh, I, I guess that's the biggest question. DP, do you think the Raiders can make the playoffs? They're 3-3. Three and three. You got seven teams making the playoffs this year. I don't think so. I mean, I think that the best they're may, they're a five hundred team, but you got other teams in the other divisions here that are that are going to take those spots. I think with you got the Ravens and the Colts and you know the Titans. Uh, you know the Dolphins are probably up there too with a close one. I mean, even the Browns are five and two. But well, right now it'd be the Dolphins <laughs> and the Raiders tied for the final playoff spot. Yeah, the Raiders are a 500 team. That's about as good as they are, I think. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs that with that in the AFC. But the AFC is not as deep as as the NFC is. Not right, not this year, because you this year is showing just like we would think we thought it would because of the pandemic and no training camp. It's you got a lot of goods and a lot of bads and a lot of eh in the middle, right? The Raiders got a puncher's chance. 
And and to kind of shift real quick, the scary thing about the Chiefs, the Chiefs won the division. No, no, there's no conversation. But the scary thing about the Chiefs is more than one team has slowed them down offensively. I'd be worried about that. All right. Well, let's stay on that AFC side and head into that AFC South where the Titans suffered their first loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Titans have looked really good. Tannehill and Henry have probably been the most dominant duo in the last year of football, considering the run that the Titans went on to end last year. They hold a one-game lead over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Texans and Jaguars both 1-6. and six. We don't need to talk about the Texans or the Jaguars. Colts legitimate playoff team here, Philip Rivers. I mean, with this one, yeah, I think they are. I mean, like I said, they're they're seven deep now, so I think they I think the Colts are gonna make it. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of crappy teams out there, you know, in the AFC. So I think they got probably a better shot than the Raiders got to make the playoffs. Well, they got four wins already and they get the Texans twice and the Jaguars one more time, so yeah, but living in the AFC South, living in Houston, the AFC South, all teams play each other hard, regardless of how good they are. Well, I didn't say are they so, a contender. I just said are they a playoff contender. Like this team should, I, I, this team should make the playoffs. I, I don't see who would be making it ahead of them. It's pretty cut and dried here on which direction a lot of these teams are going. You know, unless you think Miami and uh, the, Oakland are both going to end up with better records than the Colts. I, I think Oakland is going to be a good, uh, a much better team than we expected. The Colts are going to be good, but it's hard for me to trust the Colts like it's hard for me to trust the Bills completely because I trust 52 players on the team, not 53. I don't trust Phillip Rivers in year 255. I don't trust him. <laughs> like, their best their best quarterback is the backup. In fact, you talked about Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold earlier. Trade Sam Darnold to Indy. Watch Sam Darnold be a 4,000-yard quarterback again. You know, it's funny because people have brought that up about Tannehill, right? Like, there's quarterbacks that no matter what system they're put in, they're likely going to be very good. You know, like Aaron Rodgers is going to be good anywhere. Tom Brady was going to be good anywhere. Drew Brees clearly was going to be good anywhere, right? But then you have guys like Ryan Tannehill who have never really been in a system that kind of benefit the way he can run a football team, and he finally is in there now. Right? Alex Smith, too. you got other guys like that. It's just there's certain guys that are like that. The question I'll ask you guys is, and I and I say yes, I think they are. We talked about whether or not Indy's a playoff contender. Obviously, I think we all think that they have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. Are the Titans a Super Bowl contender? Can the Titans come out? Because anybody that makes it to the Super Bowl, in my opinion, is a Super Bowl contender. You know, we've seen big upsets in the Super Bowl. We've seen dominant performances by, uh, you know, favorites. But all you got to do is get there. Do you think the Titans can come out of the AFC? Because I do. You want to go first? I'll go first. I don't. <laughs> I just, I, they are a good team, but I think despite the comeback there against the Steelers, I think we saw some exploits as to why they're not. I mean, the Steelers had a pretty solid defense and, and held them down pretty good there at the beginning. I just don't think they can compete with the Steelers and Chiefs and possibly the Ravens come playoff time. I just I just don't see them well, getting past one of those three teams. As a Ravens fan, they beat our ass last week last year, so I yeah. like I so well, I don't know. Surprise. It was quite a surprise, yes. I I'm gonna say something I've never said, I've never done in the history of this show nor my life. I'm gonna say I trust Ryan Tannehill and I feel dirty inside 
I feel like like unclean and unkempt. Like I feel like a leper, because I have since since he was a wide receiver at Texas A and M, I have never trusted that dude. He has shown me. I don't know if it's living in Nashville. I don't know if it's all the if it's all the Nashville hot barbecue. I don't know if it's going to Graceland every other week. I don't know what it is. But homeboy is playing like he actually cares about being a good quarterback. You give him. They got some really good receivers. They have a stout defense that bends but doesn't break. And you got the king. I, they have the formula. That's the formula. That's They're the type of team. The reason they beat the Ravens is because they got up on us and ran the shit out the ball. That's the type of team that could go into Kansas City and beat them. They can go into Pittsburgh and beat them. They can go into Baltimore and beat them. I think they are a contender. They, they check all the boxes. Do they have a really good head coach with championship experience? Maybe not as a head coach, but definitely as a player, right? And now he mm-hmm. has AFC championship game experience, so that's something. Mm-hmm. Do they have a quarterback that can make throws, is smart, and doesn't turn the ball over? Check. Do they have the baddest man running a fucking pigskin around the planet? You goddamn fucking check, bet you. Check, 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 check. Tackling Derrick Henry has got to be tackling like a tornado, a tornado of butcher knives. It's Bo Jackson. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt no matter where you fucking try to tackle him. He's and no bigger than Bo Sanders, Jackson. Barry Sanders couldn't. Right? Yes. Like Barry Sanders couldn't be touched. Like Gail Sayers couldn't get touched. Like he's like running through people. <laughs> it's like a bowling ball. Tossing guys like a superhero. Stiff arms. Right. He has the legit agility of an NFL running back. He runs a four, four and a half, four, five. And he has the size and strength of a three, four, of a three, four left outside linebacker. That's your dominant pass rusher. Dude could probably. I, I bet you, Derek, I bet you, dude could get 15 sacks if he played outside, if he was outside linebacker. It just rushed all the time. Outside linebacker, he's a defensive end, bro. Like, what are we talking about? Why would you waste him at like, end? Put, put him at the outside. He can cover. Nobody can cover right. him. He can cover. Why would you waste you him? You right. Put him next to Jadavion Clowney and Tevin. 3 4. Better. I'm not saying base 4 3 where he's one of your three linebackers. He's one of your four yeah, linebackers. He's your blitzing linebacker. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I like Oh, God. Let's move on. Over. Let's, stay in the, let's stay in the South and move on over to the NFC South. And thank God we don't have any Belaz brothers here, but we can start with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seems as you both laugh. They put a they put a hurt on the Packers. I, I that's just the way football goes sometimes. Sometimes things turns on sometimes things turn on the drop of a dime and they the Uncle Mo doesn't come back around your way. Right? We've seen that happen. I, I still think the Packers are a good team. We'll get to that. But Tampa Bay is a good football team with the, the same thing. Good head coach, good quarterback. Very solid defense and weapons on offense. Tom Brady and, and Gronkowski are, are now tied with Steve Young and Jerry Rice. 92 touchdowns from one to the Crazy. other. Third all-time uh, behind um, who is Marvin it? Harrison and Peyton Manning. Yes, and then who was – oh, no, that's they're both tied for second, and that's 114 mm-hmm. between Manning and Harrison. Yep. The dirty little secret of the NFL this year it's Tampa Bay got a defense. Mm-hmm. That's like the dirty secret. Like nobody went to the season saying, man, you know if them Buccaneers could actually play some defense? Like nobody thought about that. However, I want to know 
what you guys think of this combustible like oh, I feel like it's a yes. witch with Here a cauldron. <laughs> it's like just saying, you know what? You want that receiver? Throw him in the pot. You want that guy? Throw him in. They got Shady McCoy. <laughs> they got Litterford. They have every everybody who was good in 2016. Well, and fantasy is like on their squad right now. They have two. And then you give them Antonio Brown. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing. Uh, who's the the funny thing is who's the guy that's been catching Scotty? Um, God damn it, Miller. Miller. Scotty Miller is 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 Brady's go to guy. He's the one. He had eight catches yesterday and a touchdown. Right. Godwin. He's the only one that runs routes. He's the only one that runs routes. Right. That he's the only one that Brady can trust on his initial route. Godwin is learning to come back to the ball. We've seen it in the touchdown in the end zone. And Mike Evans, all he can do is catch jump balls from Brady, and Brady would rather throw him to Gronk now that Gronk is back in football shape. Antonio Brown, Brady wants somebody he can trust to run a fucking route. It's the same reason Russell Wilson wanted him. I think that's the most underrated thing is route running by receivers, DP. Jerry Rice, greatest route runner of all time, greatest receiver of all time. And if, if you're going to, especially if you're going to get have these quarterbacks that aren't, you know, a guy like Tom Brady or whatever, you need a guy who's going to run a route to get the fuck open. I mean, not all quarterbacks are that great that's going to find these little windows. So, I, you know, Antonio Brown, man, that's like you talk about combustible elements. That's tough because Scotty Miller is like basically becoming his Edelman. Like he's the guy he's finding in all those routes there. Like I said, running routes. He runs the routes. He's going to get open. He's going to catch all those a lot more passes than these other guys who are just getting jump balls. I mean, is Antonio Brown going to be there to stretch the field and just run deep routes? Well, that's, what, that's what Evans yes. and Godwin are for. And you then I, I think that's why. I what? think that's why they were excited about having uh, Brady was excited about going playing with Godwin in particular because Godwin actually is a guy that can run routes, but he's like, I'm with fucking Tom Brady. Why? Right. Just throw it to me. I'll catch it. And, and and for the record, I trust Antonio Brown to run routes, but I also trust him to run his mouth and to run his hand upon a young lady's face. So those are two things that don't miss, miss with the third. Do you guys think that this is more likely to – because it was one of two places he was landing because you knew Brady wanted him because he wanted him to New England. Brady knows what he can do. Russell Wilson worked out with him in the offseason. He, he knows he's seen him, right? I think personally that this only works in Tampa because of the personality of Tom Brady. I don't think it works in Seattle. Do you guys think it would have worked in Seattle? I think it's going to work in Tampa. I don't think it would work anywhere. I mean, just the way Antonio Brown is, honestly. It didn't work in New It worked in New England for what? A hot second. I mean, well, no, got, right, but he got in trouble. Because he, he got in trouble. That's what it was. Right, but it was yeah. everything else was fine in New England. He didn't he didn't he didn't misbehave because he was in New England. He was with Belichick and Brady. Bruce Arians isn't putting up with any shit either, but Brady's there. I, I think I think he's gonna just fall in line. You've seen it with guys that came up to Green Bay, a couple different guys. You had like uh Corin Robinson and Andre Risen. I just I don't know. at this point I can't trust him until I truly see it because when has he not been able to stay out of trouble? I mean, it's the same, like, him and Terrell Owens was the same way, you know, at the end. No matter where he went, he just started becoming a nuisance and becoming a problem, and it ended things. So, I, until I absolutely see it, I mean, fine, if it works out, great, but I'd rather not, because I got Godwin on my fantasy. Well, I got Brady, too, so I'll take that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about fantasy football, isn't it? All right, Falcons aren't going anywhere. They've been Damn selling... Right. They've been selling pieces. I'm interested to see if, whether or not 
they get rid of Matt Ryan at some point because it seems like they're rebuilding. The Carolina Panthers are three and four guys, and I feel like they'd be a lot more in the playoff hunt if Christian McCaffrey was still around. Because I'll tell you what, yes, they. they I think they're Christian McCaffrey being around and uh, a solid tight end away from being a very good football team. Because I think Matt Rule is going to figure it out down there and get that defense playing even better. Teddy Bridgewater is a professional quarterback in the NFL. And when you have receivers like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, these are grown men receivers and a grown man throwing them the football. They have a hell of a fucking passing attack down there. Yeah, the the issue with Teddy Bridgewater always was arm strength and the deep ball. But when you got guys that catch everything within like a 15-mile radius like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, you don't have to worry about that. Um, and McCaffrey catches everything. It was they were set up perfectly for that. The defense is decent; it's stout enough to keep them competitive. Um, I'm just happy to see my boy healthy, because you know I remember that injury. So to see him cutting and bobbing and weaving on that knee, I, I'm good with that. He's still the Minnesota Vikings quarter head uh, starting quarterback if he doesn't get injured. Yes, and they probably go further. They probably make the, the Super Bowl. Because I think he's better than Kirk Cousins, but we'll get to that anyway. All right, DP, did you have any thoughts on the Panthers before we get one last team in here before we move on? No. All right. Saints. Saints. There it is. (laughs) Go ahead. Give me your thoughts on the Saints. I mean, Michael Thomas, when is he going to get back in the lineup? Manny Sanders is out this week. Drew Brees spread the ball around. Alvin Kamara is playing his ass off. How far can the Saints go this year? They're obviously going to be a playoff team. They'll be a playoff team. I think they're – you can obviously kind of tell that they're not as – much of a star team as they were I, I don't know if it's breeze just kind of slowing down it sounds like this is probably gonna be his last year but they just don't look as fluid as they used to and maybe that's part of michael thomas being out I'm, I'm guessing he's gonna be back this year this week because that sounded like it was personal conduct reason for the last week so it's he should be ready to go um so i think that's really gonna help you know uh it just seems like that offense is slowing down and the defense isn't good enough to keep them in the game. So they're probably, you know, I, I assume they're going to finish second. I mean, the Buccaneers just look like they're getting better and better every week as Brady gets more comfortable. So they'll definitely make the playoffs. Um, it's just they just don't look like a contender at this point. Well, the Saints won the first one, and they play again. So, I mean. It was week one, though. Yeah, but, te- I mean, technically they're they're just that game they haven't played behind them. They both have two losses. When when the nicest guy in football loses his mind and gets kicked off, not kicked off, but like suspended for like reasons nobody even wants to talk about, that's a scary thought that to see what happened with him because everybody will tell you Michael Thomas is like the nicest guy in the league. And uh, the second, the dirty, the, the biggest dirty secret in the league is Tampa Bay's defense. The second biggest dirty secret is Drew Brees' arm don't last four months no more. So they're going to go as far as Jameis Winston takes them. All right, we got two divisions left to talk about. We'll stay on the NFC side. The NFC North, it's looking like a two-team race. I I knew Lions were going to win yesterday and get to 500, by the way. I just knew they were going to win that game. Yeah, discount double check. Yeah, let's hope that man can stay bad. But right now, right now I'm hoping for a big Rams victory tonight against the upstart 5-1 and one Chicago Bears. Gentlemen. Pretender or contender? Let's start with the Chicago Bears. 
Oh, do I get to start? Well, here, I mean, here, they beat you think, half. right? I mean, they beat the this Lions. Is the Bears MO. This is the Bears' mo. This is what they do. They they when they finally get a shit ass schedule, that's when they become an unbelievable team. And then they, when they have to go actually play some good teams the next year, they're garbage. They beat the Buccaneers. They beat the Lions, the Giants, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Let's look at the history of they the beat Bears, the Buccaneers. They beat the at, Buccaneers. That's their big one. They beat the Buccaneers, and they lost to the Colts. Let's look at the team either. Let's look at the history of the Bears, shall we? They have uh, a easy schedule, great defense, quarterback that isn't like god awful. Eighty-five win the Super Bowl. They have a great defense, quarterback that isn't god awful, and uh, with Rex Grossman, they get to the Super Bowl. With same situation with Jay Cutler, they get to the AFC to the AFC Championship. They, this is you. You laid out the you laid out the formula, DP. Nick Foles doesn't turn the ball over. They have a great defense. They just might sneak their ass on to the NFC Championship. Well, game. Random, they play the that they get at the end. So end of the games. That they, yeah, is we're it? gonna we're gonna find out in the next twenty days. 15, we're going to find out in the next 15 days, basically, it looks like. Maybe even less than that. Tonight, Shout they... out to Patrick. Shout out to Pat, to Pat O'Dowd and the, the worst 5-1 team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Tonight they play the Rams. Next week they play the Saints. And then a week after that they go to Tennessee. So we'll see how good the Bears are truly with three very decent games in a row. But, I mean, that win at Carolina, I give them credit for that. I give them credit for the Buccaneers win. That Lions game, the Lions should have beat them, and the Giants and Falcons aren't anything to write home about. So, Lions are the Lions. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? I don't think Matt Patricia's got but maybe one more season after this in Detroit. I just don't think that that experiment's working out. I don't know what the story is there. Because Matt Stafford, to me, is a very good quarterback, and it's just not a very good team. They're, yeah, they're always they're the same every year, too, and always at the bottom of the list because they they never have a good enough offense, and their defense is always garbage. And Matt Stafford never has a lot enough guys to throw the ball to. And that's it. But, but you know what's sad to me? I think there are sometimes quarterbacks or great players – that have been, that that their career has almost been ruined because they've been stuck in mediocrity by franchises who don't care about giving them good coaches, don't care about giving them the right tools around to thrive. Matthew Stafford could be a Hall of Famer, right? Like Megatron just like left the league because he was like, nah, fuck this. Like Kenny Golladay is a number one in this league and like he's languishing. Like it's sad. Like do something about this, Detroit. You had the potentially greatest running back of all time as well quit because he didn't want to play for Detroit anymore. He's just done. It's horrible, man. Like, wh- like what needs to happen? Do we need to take away the Thanksgiving game? Is that what it is? No more, tur- really hope no more turducken in Detroit. That's all they got to look forward to every year. It's not like they got playoff games to look forward to. I like when the Packers play Super on Thanksgiving. Well. I really do. <laughs> Honestly. I don't. Uh, the I, Vikings and the Lions always play well on Thanksgiving. I hate it. We actually, myself, my mom, my stepdad, and my sister. When my step, when my sister and I were, I don't know. I think I was maybe 
either eighth grade or freshman in high school in that age and she's seven eight years younger than me we went to a really nice place for a brunch uh on thanksgiving just the four of us because there was no family thing really going on that year or something and we're like let's just do that and we took a portable tv with us and we watched the packers and lions play while we were eating brunch at a fancy ass restaurant on thanksgiving thank you Mm -hmm. and dp DP knows my family and knows that's how we would roll that yeah oh and that was probably a loud dinner too (laughs) (laughs) all right guys last question on the nfc north here packers pretender or contender and mine and dp's opinion doesn't matter at all so We'll we'll let Ray start here and see what an actual football fan, someone who very much knows what's going on and is not a fan of the Green Bay Packers. I know that you don't hate the Green Bay Packers. I'm pretty sure you're probably just pretty much indifferent and think it's just a good organization. So where mm-hmm. where do you think the Packers' ceiling is this year? I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Oh God. DP's probably DP, did you think the same thing? You don't want to hear this? I don't want to hear someone say that. <laughs> Even though you like you you want to hear what Packer yeah. fans are weird. Go ahead. No, I, I understand. I know the history of the of the organization. I understand. Especially the Aaron Rodgers years. I understand. Even but with Aaron Rodgers against has... Tampa Bay? Yeah. Because that happens. Like, I'd rather it be an aberration than a like a than a close loss. Like that was just aberration. Like they just they just played fantastic, and the uh, Aaron Rodgers is. I love listening to Aaron Rodgers speak because like he's so arrogantly honest. You can catch him every Tuesday. You can catch him every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. If you're not. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He is on Pat McAfee. I thought you were gonna talk about the show he does in like in Green Bay, but yes, the Pat McAfee show too. Um, but he was like, shit happens. It's all right. One game. Let's, what happened next week? Like, I think the Packers are fantastic. I think they have a – their defense isn't great, but the defense is good. I think we've been asking for years, like, who – like, when is it going to get some more talent? And, like, slowly we wasn't giving Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling and all these guys any credit. Like, these kids can ball. Devontae Adams is a grown-ass man. Aaron Jones is a grown-ass man. He finally found a tight end in Tanyan. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably the best team in the, AFC right, in the NFC right now. Honestly, I think their second-best receiver is their backup running back. Jamal, oh, Jamal Williams? Jamal uh, Williams. You're probably right. Because, you're probably right. Because, I mean, Tanyan had two catches. Mercedes Lewis had a catch. Uh, Sternberger had a catch. Valdez Scantling didn't even have a catch. He had a rush for nine yards. I, I mean, yeah. Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard are not the answer. And these other guys that are on the roster that are receivers should be out there. I, I'm surprised the Packers didn't go after him. Malik Taylor, he had he had he had two catches for six yards. He got a touchdown. Maybe he needs to get more. I mean, Tanyan had two catches, two targets. I know it was the Devontae Adams show yesterday. I get that. Oh, yes, it was. And I'm fine with that. If you're not gonna cover the guy, fucking if you're not going to double cover him, I mean, it's him and DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins are the two best wide receivers in football. You can have your Julio Jones and your Calvin Ridley and whoever else you want to have, 
your Amari Coopers, that's fine. But give me DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams. They will get open regardless who's covering them. Devontae over everybody else but DeAndre? Let me sit on that. Let me sit on that one. Because that dude, Devontae is a beast. He's, Devontae is, is in that top tier. Absolutely. Ooh. Well, I think the Packers are paced. That... I think the Packers are paced to do probably the same fucking thing because the NFC West looks like a group of teams where, unless it's Seattle, I think they can beat Seattle, but I don't know if they can beat the Rams. That's who I think is the second best. That's who I think is one of the better teams in the NFC. Go ahead, DP. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it'll come down to, you know, figuring out how to play against a decent defense. Like you said, Tampa's got a got a great defense, and they blitzed them and exploited them a little bit, got them a little flustered. I think the Packers go as far as Devontae Adams stays healthy because, like you said, you know, they don't have – I don't think they have another offensive weapon besides our running game. You know, Adams and – or uh, Williams is really good. Jones. You know, back there as a wide receiver and – yeah, and uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones as a running be, back. As, Aaron Jones could be the, Aaron Jones could be the best running back in football, but behind Derrick Henry, the way he catches the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, the way he catches the ball, the way we we open up running lanes for him. I mean, we do really solid with that. And you know, they a lot of people said, you know, oh, at the beginning, like we were complaining because we didn't get any wide receiver help, and then like they came out and were guns a blazing, and everybody was like, oh. Great, we didn't need anybody. Yeah, we do. We still do. <laughs> we still do. Sorry. Like you said, those other guys aren't the answer. And Lazard is injured too now. So you can see how it affects things when those guys, you know, when Adams was out, we didn't look as good, you know. And we're throwing to how many different people now? 20. So I, I think LaFleur came out there and, and ran around real quick. I would, <laughs> if, if I was Green Bay for the rest of the year, and if I'm in shotgun or even if I'm going to run a single back formation with, with more than two wide receivers and not tight ends, I'm having both running backs out there, and then I split one of them out of the backfield and then see how the defense adjusts to it because yeah. Rodgers is going to be able to read things like that. And either Jones or Williams, we've seen it happen. Williams has had eight catches in a game before, right? I mean, if you don't have anybody else, like Le'Veon Bell would have been a great guy for the Packers to go get too. Yes. I mean, yes, that would have been a fantastic pick. They just they – just, they just continue to do what they're doing. But, Hopefully someone will step up in that form or fashion. I don't know. I don't see him winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I don't see him winning it. I still think they're they're probably, the, if not the top, the second best team in the NFC. And I think they're going to be that great because, you know, I talk about shitty schedules for the Bears and stuff. Packers schedule, uh, pretty goddamn easy too. I mean, we got the Vikings. We got the Bears. We've got the Lions. We play the Eagles and the Jags and the Panthers. Uh, the only two ones, I mean, if we can get by the Niners who aren't looking that necessarily that great, and we have the Titans, who's the other tough one. Other than that, that schedule is pretty goddamn easy, honestly. If, if they continue to play the way they're playing, I, you know, they're Wait. easily they're easily a three loss team at best right now. Well, the Vikings, Jaguars, Perhaps. Eagles. Eagles, Lions all look like easy wins. Now, they do play the Titans. they got to play the Bears twice still. they got to go to Indy, who has a decent defense. They never have uh, fun going to Detroit. Carolina's not horrible, and they got the 49ers. So I, I don't see it being as easy as you think it is. This, this has been Tunney and the Scientist on WCSM, Milwaukee, all Packers.
all the time. I like, you know that that reminds anybody anytime anybody has called says call letters. I have a microphone in front of me. It makes me think of um, who did Howard Stern take over? Uh, Don Imus, right? And then did you ever see the movie yeah. Pri- Private Parts? Don Imus would yeah. be like WNBC. <laughs> All right, that's. I think that's yeah. a great way to end talking about the the yeah, yeah. NFC yeah. NFC North. Ray, you've been yo, waiting. Yo, yo, went super homer for like five minutes. I just want you to know that. That's okay. I'm not mad at it, but it was it was cute to watch. Well, now we're gonna watch you get cute over there because we're talking to AFC. Yeah, there it is. He's already dancing. I didn't see no dancing happening over here. Look at yeah, he's got it behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually worried about my team this year, for the record. I want to speak about it. All right. The top three teams in this division are 13 games over 500, which is a little ridiculous. Top two teams. Do not do do not do not disrespect I, us or can this you, podcast. Will you let me set? speaking about that you, team in okay, Ohio. Okay, you, you just went homer for 30 seconds. So will you let me finish setting up this topic, please? I was just about to say, but that third team has some gigantic losses to both the teams in front of them. So... Let's start there. Because the Bengals are the Bengals, and they do not have a solid football team from 1 to 52 on the roster. Joe Burrow, I think we all agree, is excellent and is going to continue to be excellent and is already playing way, way above his rookie pay grade. What are the the Browns? What are the Browns going to be? Because I'll tell you what. Trash. They got the Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jags coming up their next four games. That could easily be three more wins. They could be... Eight and three. But then they got the Bro. Titans and Ravens, but they also have the Giants and Jets on their schedule. So I see Cleveland probably winning 10 games. Are they a first round loser in the playoffs? Don't be surprised if they end up eight and eight. Like, this is the Cleveland Browns we're talking about. All jokes aside, best thing ever happened to the Browns, and I don't mean this ODB got personally. Hurt. Now they can actually play as a full team. They, Baker doesn't have to look for Od- Odell every single time he drops back. Now we can just throw to the open person. Luckily for us, he throws to the open person on the other team a lot more than the ones on his team. That's like we always thought Jay Cutler was the fourth best Packers quarterback ever. DP, thoughts on the Browns? Still is. As Chris Griffin once said, Brown's the color of poop. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Platt. Brown's the color of poop. You Cleveland asshole. Hey, you need to be on this more often. <laughs> he wants to. He just... He's... I do. I do. I miss talking sports. And this is fun. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of our Cleveland Browns conversation. So who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna win this division? Who's going to win this division? Steelers? Y'all pick. Ravens. Because you know I'm biased. I'm, I'm, but I can, I, I'll break it down. But I want y'all to go first because I'm biased. Go ahead, DP. I think, man, the Steelers are playing so well. I think that defense is what's going to get them there because the offense is they got the they got a lot of talent on offense, but I think that defense has just been playing so stout. I don't see them losing enough games for the Ravens to to do. I mean, they're only down one, but they got a pretty easy schedule. I think that's favorable for them to to come out of this one. So I'll go with the Steelers. I. It's so tough because outside of the Ravens, the Steelers play the Bills, and that's about it, right? And I'm pretty sure 
that the Ravens, Ravens got Titans, Titans, Colts, Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. This is gonna be interesting. It depends on what do you what, got, whoever sweeps this series. The Steelers, the Steelers seem more vulnerable, Ray. I'll be honest with you, and I'll let you, I'll let you pontificate on this. But I, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm still picking the Baltimore Ravens to win this division. But I was also the guy that said the Steelers were going to have a really good year. So, um, it, 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 I'll break it down a little bit deeper. But it comes down to what do you trust more? Do you trust that Ben Roethlisberger will stay healthy, or do you trust that um, Lamar Jackson will figure it out and will make better plays down the field? I trust. I trust. I think, I'm going to interrupt you because I trust Roethlisberger to stay more healthy than Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is going to continue to rush the ball. Now, I granted, I know he's good at not taking big hits, but Ben Roethlisberger averaged two seconds in the pocket last weekend. They're figuring out ways for him to get the fucking ball out. Is all yeah, but he's been playing better. I give you that, and he's always been a, a fantastically talented quarterback. But his mo, who he is at the core of him as a quarterback, is extend the play, stretch the stretch the play, get the big play. That's what he's always been. That's who he is. I don't think he can change in year. What is it? Seventeen. All of a sudden, say, ah, no, I'm gonna be a quick. I'm gonna be a West Coast guy now. That's just, not who he is. He did it last week. He did it yesterday. Two seconds, the average in the pocket, getting rid of the ball before he let it go. I hear you, and I understand that, but there's a couple of games, and then when it's playoffs or when it's a big game and it's we need a, we need a play, is he going to do that? Um, and one thing I've, I've learned about the Steelers is this team is different than the Steelers of the past few years because their defense is fantastic. I give you that. But the Steelers over the past few years have every year have petered out offensively because they have always relied on Roethlisberger carrying them a bit too much when they kind of run away from the rush, the rush, rushing attack when they need it. I think the real question here is at running back because I think Ravens, the Ravens have depth at running back. I know Ingram's going to be coming yes. back soon, correct? And J.K. Dobbins and um... – Gus, Gus Edwards. Gus, yes, Gus Edwards. But I think there's a sig- – now, I don't think all those guys that I just mentioned for the Ravens are at the same level, but I don't think they're a step down too much, right? I think Ingram's at the top. you got a half step down with Gus Edwards, and depending on how good J.K. Dobbins is uh, adapting that day as a rookie can be somewhere in between there. They're all very explosive and can have a big day on their own. But I think when you look at the Steelers, after James Conner – I know Benny Snell had a, Benny Snell had a good game earlier in the year, but I don't think their running games anything. I don't think they're legitimate on offense as a two as a double threat without James Conner as their running back. I just need to put Claypool back there instead. Well, he had right? one. What he had one catch yes, for three yards. He didn't even catch the ball. Deontay Johnson and, and Juju Smith were back. They both had nine catches. Claypool didn't even have a catch. I don't think yesterday. Deontay is a fa- fantastic slot receiver. So yes. Um, I, the the fear that I'm having isn't that I don't trust Lamar. I we knew what we were getting into when we drafted Lamar. We knew that Lamar is a good passer, not a great passer. We knew that he's growing, and we knew that until you give him a guy like Julio, a guy like Devontae, a guy like DeAndre, who can go up and go get that hole. We're probably gonna have to 
pack in the offense a bit and throw to the tight ends and run slants and maybe every now and then throw that deep ball. I my my fear is that our offensive skill positions on the outside are going to be what hurts us because it's not like Lamar is missing a lot of throws. He's, he is missing some. Nobody's open. So like you know, I, the guys who get open are the guys of the, at the end of the bench because when they get in the field, they're like, oh, what do you do again? Like, Devin DuVernay is never covered because people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. He does play for your team, doesn't he? <laughs> and, like, he gets he, he gets a slant that goes for, like, 35 uh, every time. I see your back. Again. DuVernay. Oh, <laughs> this French Canadian, DuVernay. I see you walking around with Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane. Le Hon Fede I still think top to bottom, I still think top to bottom we're the better team. I do. And but the problem is we got that one damn team in Kansas City who steals our lunch money. And until we punch them in the mouth, we ain't no good. And I think keep it a buck. That's what killed us. That's what sent our season going downhill because that got into Lamar's head that he can't beat him. Uh but hey, the Steelers might end up going 14 and 2, 13 and 3. But they got it. But eventually, they got to play us. Well, that's what we're saying, to all the Bears fans, right now. So that is our NFL conversation today. We went division by division. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna. We're we're. Well, I'll be honest with you. We're just gonna tell you what's going on with Major League Baseball, and then we're gonna talk some <laughs> UFC. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> You're listening to the three-man weave on thechairshot.com. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com And while you're listening to this podcast, folks, open up your internet browser Head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot Make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing when you head out to your next indie event, I know they're opening up. They're doing limited capacity. They're doing temperature checks. They're wiping everything down. They're wearing masks. They're out there wrestling for your entertainment. Make yourself the belle of the indie ball with a pro wrestling t-shirt from prowrestlingtees.com. A chair shot t-shirt. That's right. All right. Major League Baseball, the World Series is going on, and I'll be damned if they... The Major League, MLB almost had what they wanted if the Yankees could have just got by Tampa Bay, but it's Tampa Bay and the L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers up 3-2 to two now after a big game five. Yes, Ray? The Yankees? Bruh, if the Astros would have made the playoffs against the finals, the series, against the Dodgers in the year that they got sanctioned for stealing it from the Dodgers... That'd be the biggest story in sports right now. I do not disagree, but as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, they just want that whole story to go away. And anytime you can get New York and L.A. in the same World Series, that's money, money, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm sick of the Yankees are great. As They're a fan, you're absolutely right. As a fan, you're absolutely right. Because yeah. what was everybody doing during this whole playoffs? Rooting against the Astros, right? And they're like, yes, oh, they won yes. again. Oh, they won again. And then finally, Tampa takes them out. I will say this, though. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to hand it off to you, I promise. It's cool to see a little small market-ass Tampa, like, balling out. They want the Lightning one this year. Brady might take them to the promised land. And the, the, little, the little young boys down... And St. Pete, because they're not the Tampa Bay Rays, they're the St. Petersburg Rays. Uh, I hear like balling. Give them credit. Well, their their season may come to an end tomorrow if they can't pull out Game Six. DP, have you tuned in to end of the Major League Baseball playoffs? Because I'll tell you what, I said it last time, uh, three man weave. I think a week and a half ago, I, I did a couple solo shows and I said it to you. I said, if you can make some time, watch a World Series game. There's a big difference between watching baseball and watching World Series baseball. There's so much drama. Yeah, I. It's tough for me. I'm not the biggest baseball fan. Um, if you know, if, if the Brewers are playing, you know, as obviously Milwaukee, the home team, you know, I'll I'll watch and stuff like that. But it's hard to get into it if it's not teams I necessarily care about. If it like right, if it was the Astros, like Ray said, that actually made it. I would have probably tuned in because there probably would have been gunfire or some kind of shit happening because of all the shit that happened with those guys. But I'm a big fan. I, I love seeing small market teams, you know, get an opportunity and, and win. I'm a big fan of the underdogs and stuff like that. I have only seen one play from this World Series so far, unfortunately, and it was the stumble and fall rounding home the, for the Rays to win it in game four there. So hey, that, to be fair, that's, that one the, that's one of the greatest plays ever. That's yeah. one of the greatest plays ever in the history of the World Series, to be fair. That was crazy. It's a crazy and that game went back and forth and everything and that was yeah. That was a pretty amazing game, I guess. He ran from third and stumbled on his face. Then the Dodgers threw the ball away us. Then he went into home and won the game us. Hey Rosarena Come on, that's pretty good, right? All right, that's baseball. We got nothing else for you. We want to get to something else that is really on the forefront of myself and Mr. Ray Cash's mind. I'm sure DPP will chime in a little bit here, but Dana White did it again on Fight Island nonetheless. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, LQJ with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Ray, what a great card. I mean, I, I've seen most of the main card. I know you said you watched the prelims and said it was phenomenal as well. Tons of great finishes, tons of great fights, tons of great fighters. What are your thoughts on what Dana White has been able to do to pull off putting out just premium product throughout a pandemic? Have you ever seen Field of Dreams? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And... And you know, you know, and you hear the voice. If you build it, they'll come. And you, when you hear the shit, you're like, "Shut the fuck up, that's bullshit." And like he built that shit, and they came, right? That's that's Dana in Fight Island. We laughed at this dude for shows and for weeks and for months. Like you want to go out there and like have Survivor on an island with like the tiki's and the like. We were rolling, and this man has actually not only turned this into a legitimate venture. 
But now the the Atheum Arena, whatever the arena is in Abu Dhabi, that's been built now. That's gonna be like their new home, away from like, like they like they the Fertitas and UFC and the Emirates at Abu Dhabi and UAE are like they've worked something out, and it it's becoming the new Vegas. And Abu Dhabi already was like the new Vegas, but it's fantastic. I I'm blown away at how well this has gone at how little we've heard about COVID issues. Somebody gets tested, they kick them out. We haven't heard of any outbreaks, haven't heard any issues. It's been an unprecedented success. The stadium that they can't use out there or they're not using yet because without fans, because they talked about making this a destination, right? Like Dana White's like, imagine the show and the party and the, and the, and the atmosphere when they can fill this stadium Right? They said, this is going to be another O2. This is going to be another MSG. This is going to be a destination. You're going to see boxing. You're going to see UFC. I guarantee you, you'll end up seeing uh, WWE there at some point. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of the fo- top five most popular and beautiful and state-of-the-art stadiums in the world. Now, DP, I know you've actually been to that part of the country. Where were you when you went out there? I was in Abu Dhabi. I was in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And, yeah, uh, they got the money, let me tell you that. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody was driving a you know $200,000 car out there, and the buildings are ridiculous. So, And we've seen it, what they do, you know, with, you mentioned WWE, people going to Saudi Arabia or, you know, the UAE. UAE's got a shit ton of money, and they want to do this, and they want to promote it, and it's... I can't think of a better place to do it. Why Why not? And like you said, they're doing a great job with, you know, keeping track of the pandemic and, you know, making sure everybody's safe. And this is a great idea. And you know they're going to support it over there. Let's get into a little bit of the card, Ray. I got four fights written down here. And uh, Haas and Malkoon, that ended in, what, 18 seconds? Haas looked fucking phenomenal. Welcome to... Welcome to the division. That was his UFC debut and what a debut. Yeah, that fight cost me about $1,000. So, oh. yeah, fuck that guy. Really? How? <laughs> uh, Parley? DraftKings. DraftKings. Like, had he, had he, had he even, like, gotten, like, a couple of punches, I probably would have came home with, like, 100 bucks. Yeah. I like, mean... he literally had zero offense. Yeah, Mel Coon really got taken care of quickly there. Um, to be fair though, but but to that point, Phil Hall's gonna be what? Is, what, what was that? Middleweight? <laughs> uh, your boy Stoutbender better watch out. <laughs> like Phil Hall's coming, bro. No, I mean he seems like he's gonna guy is gonna climb the ranks. I mean he said I'm here to stay. You know he kind of looked in. He's like yeah, this is my division now. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what he's gonna. He also said that I mean he fought for 18 seconds. He didn't get touched. He's still in prime shape. He said after the fight, he said, when's the next fight? UFC. Vegas? Let's make it happen. I mean, why break training even, really, right? Like, take that 7 to 10 days before you need to get back into your routine that's pre-fight and not get out of pre-fight condition too much. But, like, why not make another paycheck right away? You fought 18 seconds. You didn't get touched. Yeah, but the question then is, uh, what do you do? Because... Whitaker and uh, Kanye, Kanye, 
who fought later on in the fight. That's number one and number two in the division. So very clearly, Whitaker got to get the next shot at Stylebender at Adesanya. Well, I'm not what do saying, you do with him? No, but Haas isn't that high up. I'm saying he needs to fight somebody that's probably in the top five ranked in that division because okay. I don't. I think okay. he's at like 11 or something or 12 right now. That's kind of where I'm going with well, that. He's absolutely ranked now. Well, no, that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. Why not put him into right. another fight that could could be a future contender fight, right? Let's take two guys that are on their way up I'm and see, see who's best with it. All right. Volkov and Harris, I thought this was going to be a much better fight, but I do believe in Volkov. I think this is a guy who can get back into competing for the championship again. I know he suffered a loss there when he was up top rank, but he's beaten everybody else since he's come across. He's gigantic. He doesn't get himself into trouble, and he beat a very, very good Walt Harris. It, it was good to see Walt Harris fight without having to worry about the tragedy about his daughter. It's good to see him focus on the fight. Um, and he was game, but that damn kick to the breadbasket, like a man that big kicking you that hard at that spot. What what does Jim Ross call it? The solar plexus? Well, like, he, got him, he got him right in the solar. It was a great kick. The funny thing, too, was I think um, – a lot of people were wondering whether or not it was a low, low blow, but it was not. It was it was right in there, right right below the rib cage. Yes, it was as perfect a kick as you'll see to that to that part of the body. Like the only time I've ever seen somebody get knocked out by a kick to the stomach is like a liver kick. This was right in the middle of the bread basket, and it was beautiful. And yeah, ref stopped it immediately. Like he couldn't fight anymore. So good on Volkov. Volkov is. Probably going to get the contendership fight next. Yeah, he'll, yeah, exactly. And I think he deserves it. I think he does deserve it as well. Yeah. He he was he was hitting up DC saying he wanted to train with him. He's like, when are we going for a run? He was more interested in talking to DC than getting his hand raised there. Yo, my boy DC said, hey, big boy, my running days are over. <laughs> I mean, Volkov would be super smart to see if he could get a couple training sessions with a guy like DC, right? I mean, Volkov's a guy whose advantage would be standing up and striking because of his size and his power and then get some kind of that, you know, unbelievably wrestle skill that DC has under his belt. If, he, if he's trying to fight Stipe, yeah, then you would be smart to do that. Exactly. All right. Semi-main event. And it was an excellent fight. Cannoneer and Whitaker. Whitaker, he was relieved to only be fighting three rounds. It's been a long time with with holding the title and having the name that he has and main eventing cards. And you know we're gonna get yeah. that we're gonna get that title fight again because he looks like a brand new man the way he's fought the last couple of fights. He, he was just dominant. And Cannoneer is no pushover. Comes down in weight, finds his way in the division, and just looks dominant. He's going to have more opportunities as well as he gets used to that weight, I believe. I had to think about that because that's definitely what it was, was him getting comfortable at the middleweight division, but I was disappointed in the fight. It was a great fight, but I was disappointed for this one reason. Cannoneer came into the fight saying he was going to pressure, pressure, pressure. If you know anything about Whitaker, Whitaker got the best motor in the division. He will go all night long. So if he would have pressured him at the beginning of the fight, that would have changed the game plan. Whitaker just ran around the ring and just controlled the pace and controlled the fight as he wanted. Now when when Kendner hits him, he hurt him. But it, it the game plan was off to me, which made it like there was no shot for Kendner to win, in my opinion. 
Whitaker so, seemed still to, good to fight though. Yeah, Whitaker seemed to possess the ability to dominate the action when they got close, right? Like Cannonier needs to work on some of those kind of things, in my opinion. And I think Whitaker surprised him with the way he was landing shots as well, because Whitaker was landing some shots too. He was tagging him. That the, I mean, you're an old school boxing fan like me, Tony. The the most dangerous punch in the business is just a simple jab. That is not used enough. And that jab controlled the fight for Whitaker. So yeah. So I would say too, yeah, jabs jabs control the fight. I'm same thing with you guys. I'm a big boxing fan uh back in the day too. And it sounds like, you know, you mentioned the weight class thing. That sounds like it's a weight class issue, right? When you're dropping down like that, you don't have as much stamina no, as a well, normal middle. Man. I, I think that he that just ran into Whitaker's one of the best that's ever done it in that division. Let's just put it that way, right? I, I think he just got outclassed by a guy who is just one of the... Look at the run he had as champion. All the wars he went through. Whitaker is one of the most tested UFC fighters in the history of the company. So I'll, I'll, I'll give Cannoneer his props of being a really good fighter, and I think he belongs in that division. But Whitaker ain't done. He's, he was the best. He wants to be the best again, and we're, we're going to see another great title fight. Give me Cannoneer and Phil Haas. How about that one? From your lips to God's ears. How's that sound? So uh, to give you the analogy for, for boxing, that's probably going to be Hitman Hearns versus Marvin Hagler. Oh, this is like Tyson versus Tyson almost if they want to do it because Haas is just out there. He, he even said it afterwards. He's like, I just had to be, I just got to be patient, and I know when they get these hands, they ain't going to wake up from it. So, you know. Let's let's talk about the main event. Let's move on. And did you I I thought Gaethje had a chance. I really did until I saw the first round where he let Khabib do what he does to everybody and that's dictate his movement. He only has one there's no it's like it's like the stick shift in your car. There's no reverse or neutral even for one of the greatest of all I, time. Go ahead, Ray. You know what I'm saying. I think I do, but I think you're being a little disrespectful in the fact that you said, I know you're not, not on purpose, but in the fact that you're saying he let, Gaethje let Khabib do that. No, 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 Khabib, no, and I didn't, I didn't, I, is that what I, I, is that what I, I said? I know you didn't mean it that way. I didn't, I didn't say, yeah, I didn't I know mean, you didn't it, like mean that. it that way. He did it. He did it. I, but I thought Gaethje, I thought Gaethje, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He did it. He didn't let him do it. He just did it to him. Mm-hmm. Right? But I thought I thought Gaethje would be able to have that part of the fight be a little more equal as opposed to where Gaethje was on his back foot backing up all the time. I, I just want to make sure my man Habib gets all his flowers because Habib is and we'll speak about this, I'm sure, in a second. I believe he's the greatest UFC fighter we've ever seen. And now the, now I'm going to give you some stats for that, but I want to talk about the fight for a second. Uh, much like the Cannoneer-Whitaker fight, when you have a grappler-wrestler who controls the when who can controls the flow and the pace of the octagon, you have to pressure them early to get them out of their style. Gaethje did not do that, to your point. He did not do that. But if you watch the fight, from the second the ref said go, Habib was in his face, like like pressuring forward. the right. The foot was on the gas the whole time. It was always forward, 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 forward. Right. It's like driving a go kart. Yes. 
The people who win in the go-kart races are the ones that know to never put your foot off the gas. You just hit the brake a little bit while you're on the gas, and then it just keeps going as fast as it mm-hmm. always was. There's never re-acceleration. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what what Nurmagomedov did. And to be honest with you, let's talk about it. Is he the greatest of all time? Top five without a doubt. There's no question, right? There's John Jones. There's Anderson Silva. There's GSP. Uh there's Nurmagomedov. Stipe at this point. And then, yeah. And then Stipe at this point. So top four. Let's say top four. Those four guys are the four greatest UFC mm-hmm. fighters ever, MMA guys, right? Easily, yes. Nurmagomedov, the one fight he wanted, and he's not going to get, and he's retired. And I wonder if we could pull both these guys out of retirement. And I don't think so because Khabib is a guy who, when he says something, he does it. And even that's why he said it. And he said he retired because he couldn't fight without his dad. And he did one more and told his mom it would be his last fight. Now, Bernard Hopkins told mm-hmm. his mom it'd be his last fight and went on to fight till he was 74 years old. That ain't the same as a beat. I don't think, <laughs> and I agree. I was just about to say that. But if there ever was a dream matchup, and you could take any dream matchup you want because we're all wrestling fans and have at it, but I'll take a dream matchup of Nurmagomedov and GSP. That would be one of the greatest catch-fucking-weight fights of all time. It would, but if I'm George St. Pierre, I stay mm. my ass in Montreal and keep making no movies, way, bro. no way. Yeah, you go. You know what? Why don't you keep having the conversation about whether or not me, Anderson Silva, Khabib, or John Jones are the greatest UFC fighter of all time? Let's just keep having that conversation. Look, bro, yeah, I GSP ain't fought in like three years, bro. Like I wouldn't want no smoke with Khabib right now. But let me tell you why Khabib is the greatest of all time, if I may. Habib's lost two rounds in his career. I see. Let that. me repeat that. He's lost two rounds in twenty-eight fights. Twenty-nine fights. No, two in thir- rounds in, in two, twenty-nine fights. Two rounds in thirteen UFC fights. Thirteen and zero in UFC. The most wins without a loss in UFC history. I don't think he lost a round when he was amateur or before he got to the UFC. He's never lost a round but two times. That's number one. What happened number those two, two times? I mean, what's the deal with that? One was, I don't, yeah, I know, right? You're, you're slacking. He sneezed. Um, <laughs> right? Um, here's the reason why I put him over Silva is because Silva's kind of bastardized his career at this point. Um, I think his high was as high as he goes. But I, I but I think, the so you can't be the GOAT if you lose. That as much as Silva's lost. And Silva's lost like 16, 17 times. Right? So I think Silva, nobody will ever get higher than Silva's peak. But he's not the GOAT. Uh, he's the OG, but he's not the GOAT. It comes simply down to Nomega Medoff and John Jones. Here's the difference. And I'm not going to forget that one loss because he hit a dude up down. That's not a loss. The reason I put Habib over John Jones is because Habib did it the right way. That's kind of like Roy There's, Jones Jr. when he just had that one no contest on his on his for hitting a guy when he was down. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't agree with that. That's either. all it is. Yes, sir. I have, you know, being the novice UFC, which I need to watch a lot more UFC because I actually really like UFC. Um, I'll pick John Jones for the, and I've never seen the other guy fight, so don't get me wrong. I'm just this is more of a joke. And you never will. I'll pick John Jones. <laughs> He's retired. I have never been able to beat John Jones in the UFC video game. Oh, ah, he's unbeatable. Whatever. He's unbeatable. 
He's unbeatable. Ex- fight the other guy. Go down weight classes. Make another guy. You got the UFC game? Did you get it? The new one? Not the newest one. No, uh, no, no. I heard the new one's really the John good. Jones. They kept tempting me, too. I was watching it, and they're like, if you buy it today, you can get Brock Lesnar. I'm like, oh, fucking A. I'll just play WWE. If, if they Brock could, Lesnar. <laughs> if, they PC, if they release it for PC, I'll guarantee you I'll buy it. The uh, the John Jones kryptonite is Alexander Gustafsson. That's that's the kryptonite. Is it? Um, well, that's the, that's the toughest fight he's had as a pro. Um, but Habib not only has Habib done it the right way, whereas John Jones has had so many transgressions personally. But John Jones has had fights people thought John Jones didn't win multiple times. John Jones has had fights that have, that have gone to a, almost a split decision. Or like a, a, a fifty, what a, a forty-eight, forty-seven win. Again, I'd like to reiterate this for the people listening at home. Habib has only lost two rounds in his career. He's the greatest, bro. He's a goat. He's a goat. Shout his out. dad had him fighting bears as a kid, bro. He's a goat. <laughs> Shout out to Habib. What a great career. What a classy champion and. Uh, He'll definitely be missed. Uh, I, I wish him the best. Rest in power, Abdul Map. Rest in poor. Rest in power, Abdul Map. You rest easy, brother. You you fought a good fight. All right, folks. We'll be right back with our parting shots. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Head on over. Check out all the phenomenal t-shirts. We're going to do Hell in a Cell closing shots. We're going to hit the sports entertainment part of it here because I thought it was such an excellent pay-per-view. I'm going to roll right into my parting shot while you guys pontificate on what yours will be. We'll keep these kind of short, kind of sweet. Here we go. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought all three Helena Cells were excellent. I think the best part about it was the mounted camera that was inside the cell, and it was a wide lens, and you could see basically everything that was going on in front of you without having to look through the cage. And I thought WWE did an excellent job of having more angles inside of the cage on these matches. I thought all three Helena Cell matches had their own vibe, their own thing. They did it their own way. Shout out to Drew McIntyre for taking the bump in honor of Shawn Michaels because he was such a fan of how that started out. I thought Roman and uh, Jay had a wonderful match and told a wonderful story, and I think DP hit it on the fucking head because now we're going to see them be underneath them, and he did a great job of calling that. But my favorite thing, and I'll tell you what, I thought the women's Hell in a Cell stole the show. I thought they did a great job. And I'll even pop for Bailey trying to tape two kendo sticks together, having no luck, looking up at the referee first when she pulls the tape out and go, my hands are, I'm so sweaty, can you do this? And she couldn't get the tape off. She, they caught her, literally, looking up at the referee, she goes, I'm so sweaty, can you do this? And the ref looks down at her and goes, no, I can't do that for you. I just thought it was a wonderful match. I was so happy for Sasha Banks. I thought Sasha looked excellent. Sasha looked like a Jedi Knight jumping around and doing all the different maneuvers outside uh, from the cage and back and forth. I thought those women put each other through hell. I thought they stole the show. And I thought it was one of WWE's best pay-per-views 
in a while. I, as you know, not a fan of the gimmick pay-per-view matches, but what I loved about this is they either they talked to each other or it just worked out this way, but like you mentioned, each of them had their own feel to it. They didn't overlap the things they did in each of the Hell in the Cell matches. You know, Roman Reigns and, and Jay was more of a, you know, telling that story of the physical, the physicality and the whole family thing. Sasha and Bailey brought out all the weapons, all the tools and everything. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre used more of the cage and did the whole climbing on the cage thing and all that. All of them, all three were completely different. I liked that. I thought it was really good. I thought the matches were really good. I thought they could have given a little more time to the other ones. They were, all of them were less than 10 minutes. You know, it was kind of like, geez, okay. You know, um, I thought the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso match towards the end started to drag a little bit. I, I do love the story that they're telling with that, and I think this is awesome. And I love that they they brought, uh, was it Sika and uh, I forget who else was Alpha. out there. Alpha. Alpha. Out there to hold, do the whole celebration thing, bringing the whole family in. God, this is going to lead. I think this is the best thing they've done in a long time. And if it's not leading towards Roman Reigns and the Rock at WrestleMania, I don't know what they're doing. So bring it on, you know, and bring Jay and Jimmy in as it. I love that. I'm, I'm glad that that's actually happening. So I'm really looking forward to the continuation of that. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey was awesome. Yeah, I, I can't add anything to that. I will critique the Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre one a little bit. I loved when um, Corey Graves said that Randy Orton has gotten into his element and he turned and winked at him. I'm pretty sure he heard him say it. I thought that was kind of funny. You know what else I love is how Bailey's the only one that talks to Michael Cole while he's commentating and she comments on everything he says. And I think that's fucking yep. amazing. Bailey is like yeah. the female Chris Jericho, in my opinion. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great analogy. Yeah, it adds, adds to that heel persona more, you know? And the one thing I didn't like about that, what they did with the Hell in the Cell and climbing the cell, is it was clearly obvious they set up a ladder for them in the cell there and cutting out the holes for them to climb up, and you could see the holes They've done that before, but now they had this, the pegs on the outside. And they had the legs yeah, that, the pegs that those are that stand yeah. on. And that was like, okay. Like, I've seen, they've done the holes before in random spots and things like that. And I think sometimes they did it for, like, the cameras to be able to see a little bit better. But they, it was clearly set up for them to climb up and down on both sides. Like, they didn't have them anywhere else. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a little cheesy. But that's nitpicking, I guess, I'll say. Because what can you do, right? You kind of got to do it. So I thought it was really, really good. I thought those three matches were just phenomenal. There is something very strong and poignant about being the breadwinner in a Polynesian family. And um, something I don't think we ever, as the regular American wrestling populace, thought about until this Roman Reigns, Jey Uso story. And I think the reason it's so salient is because not only are they acting so perfectly, but we know so strongly the history of this family like it's it's fed to us all the time even subliminally we know that rock left and took care of this but like we know roman was the next up we know roman was always bred for 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 perfection right and he was always the kid we know him jay and jimmy were 
grew up together, but there was always a separation because Roman was different. We know that Jay was always little brother, even though him and Jimmy are twins, because in Polynesian culture, doesn't matter if you're one minute older or one one year older, that's you're older. And Jimmy and Roman rolled together and Jay was always little brother by himself. So, so much of these beautiful little stories are finding their ways into the storyline, which makes it literal Shakespeare. But I think there were also small things that they add in the matches that are just fantastic. Fantastic. For example, to call back to when Jimmy came to save his brother last match, and then Jimmy came to save his brother again, and Roman knew he was going to come out to save him so he could make Jay quit because he knew Jay wouldn't quit unless his brother was in, in, in trouble. The fact that Roman is crying on fucking cue, like, is. I didn't like that. Fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. And I t- the reason I loved it is because. Roman Reigns has been the one character that has I was going to say Daniel Bryan but even Daniel Bryan turned cricket for a minute but has been whether he's face or heel the same guy he's always been him like you know we, we the, the reoccurring conversation is that the fiend changes people right well Roman whether he's heel or face Roman has always been head of the bloodline here for the family do what I got to do He's always been that guy, whether he was fighting for the people or fighting for himself. This is the first time he's changed, and I think he's realizing he changed because he's having to literally sacrifice his genuine God-to-earth brothers, knowing his brother is in the fucking ground in heaven, right? Rosie's dead. That's his brother, right? So Jimmy and Jay are close, are his brothers as close as he was to Rosie because they're him and Rosie like 17 years apart. And he's having to sacrifice the health and possibly career, kayfabe of course, of his family to prove a damn point that I'm the man. Why won't you just listen to me? Why won't you just understand? You know? So there's a point where you sit back and you realize this motherfucker almost dead. I think I'm going a little too far. And when 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 Jimmy came out and said, bro, this is Josh and John. Like, forget this wrestling stuff. What are you doing? And I feel like that was when Roman realized for a second, oh, shit, I think I went too far. And then it clicked back in him when he was like, you know what? But he kept saying all fight, all all match. I've gone too far to turn back now. I think this was as beautiful a match as WWE can do. You can take all the five-star in-ring battles in the world. I'll take this over it every time because this makes you feel something. And there was not a person that watched this match that last night, today, tomorrow, anytime you think about this match, you don't feel something. That's wrestling. When you feel something. On that note, I'll just, I'll just say this. Well said, Ray. Well said, DP. It felt special. It felt like a pay-per-view because everybody and their fucking mother wasn't on the show. And that's that's what I liked about it. Right? I mean, that's what kills SummerSlam and WrestleMania and everything else, except for Royal Rumble, is that everybody and their mother has to be on the show and get a payday. No, they don't. They don't. The pay-per-views are special, and last night was special because the special people were on the pay-per-view, main eventing the show. These were the best people in the company at the time. Thank you, everybody. And over at 930. Yeah! (laughs) Woo-woo! Move the Super Bowl to Saturday. All right. My name's PC Tunney. You can find me at PC Tunney. You can follow this show at three underscore underscore uh, man underscore weave. 
There's only one underscore there. I've only had two and a half beers. And only. Only, that's it. We've been on here for like an hour and 40 minutes. How slow am I supposed to drink my beer? No, nothing? All right, good. Head <laughs> on over to thechairshot.com. There's always something there for everybody, whether it's sports, entertainment, or sports and entertainment. DP, thanks for making your way on over to the three-man weave. I truly appreciate it. You and Ray, you guys... You guys are like old pros together. Tell me what's going on in your neck of the woods. It was definitely a pleasure to hang out with you guys and talk some sports. I loved it. And if you also like video games, which I know a lot of us do, you can follow A Winner Is You on Twitter and Facebook at A Winner Is You, the letter U, where we're doing all things video games. And we talked PC uh, builds last week and how to build a build your own personal computer and we do a lot of video game reviews, so make sure you go check those out at thechairshot.com as well. Or if you don't, you just want to follow me at it's me DPP. It's Ray Cash at at, at it's Ray Cash R A Y is in Mysterio, C S A S H as in dollars, resident outsider, contrarian, roughneck. You know the deal. You want to find Ray Cash? Follow the Outsider's Edge, listen to the podcast, and check them out for three more weeks on the Bandwagon Nerds. What's going on over there? You're filling in for DP basically right now. Uh, uh, until I get kicked out of his house, yes, basically. <laughs> basically. I feel like it's basically... I feel, kick me out. Listen, I feel like it's Patrick... Yeah, I feel like it's basically Patrick and Dave in a rotating cast of characters. <laughs> Well, it, it was that way, but apparently they liked me enough to say, no, nah, we're going to keep you on for like five weeks. Okay. Cool. <laughs> until do a five they, week until, <laughs> exactly, right? I, I, I need to, I need to, I guess, ask for a raise. But this is until TPP comes back and kicks me out because it's, it's his show. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sitting it's, in the same that, That's Patrick's show. We're all just living in that world. True. true. DG's got his own show over there. I wonder if you. All right. Like I said, something for everybody. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Let's get out of here. Um, Who wants the last word? Somebody say something clever. Clever is as clever does. That wasn't clever. But we did win again. Uh Another win. Another podcast. Another win. DP, welcome to the winning side. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they say there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you going in, put your hands yeah. in the air, make them stay there. Ludacris going in on the verse, cause I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up, get them in the